Um, you can be seated for a moment. I, gotta, I need to say a couple things. Uh, first of all, some of you uh, may not be accustomed to a service where someone speaks from the congregation, or uh, especially if, uh, if a message in tongues comes forth. Paul says over in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that uh, it is appropriate for there to be a message in tongues in a, in, a, in a meeting such as this, as long as there's an interpretation. And it also says that uh, it's okay. In fact, it's kind of encouraged for the person who brings the message uh, to have the interpretation. Now, uh, hopefully you remember what was said. And some of you go, may go, well, no, that was pretty generic. And for you it may be, but there's probably somebody here for whom that was like spot on. Uh, and so if, you were, if you're here and you're somebody who, uh, who needs something from God and needs to call out to God about something, um, hey, he's calling out to you. So just, just know that. Uh, secondly, last night we, uh, we had a, a, a wonderful Sweet, strong time uh, over in the over in the uh, uh, the reservoir, the, the building no one can spell, uh, the room no one can spell uh, for revive worship night. And uh, you know, I just want to encourage you. Now, some of you maybe didn't come because you didn't know about it. Well, we got a solution for that. If you're in the 21st century, you can actually follow us on like Instagram uh, if you're really with it. Uh, Twitter, if you're a few years behind, or even Facebook, uh, and 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 it'll come up, uh, it'll come up a couple of times that week, and it'll remind you of it. So I, I just want to encourage you to do that, uh, f- to follow Springhouse on those things, and whatever's going on, uh, you'll be able to find out about. Now, one other thing before I get into this, um, I think most of you are aware that this is uh, Veterans Day weekend. And uh, if, you're, if you're a veteran, if you've served in our armed forces or are currently serving in our armed forces, would you stand and just let us honor you and, and applaud for you? Yeah. yeah. We, we salute you and we thank you for, for your service. Uh, the Navy even survived Ray uh, be, being, in the, being in the military. So it, it's obviously quite an organization. No doubt about it. Uh, okay, would you stand with me and let's read, uh, let's read a, a passage of Scripture. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power and the life-changing power that is in your word and the life that is in your word and the light that's there. And, and I pray that you would give us ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to understand, that, you would, that we would be open to being changed by you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. It's almost Christmas. 
You say, no, it isn't. Uh, actually, you don't even say that anymore. I mean, everybody knows once, once September's here, it's almost Christmas. How many of you know what November the 23rd is? Wow, everybody's, uh, uh, November 23rd, what, what could that possibly be? Yeah, that's right. I mean, early service, they, they thought it was Thanksgiving. No, it's, it's, it's the big one. It's Black Friday. And, of course, most of you know that it's called Black Friday because that's the day that retail businesses tend to go into the black. But I'll have to admit that when I first heard that term, Black Friday, that was not the first thing that came into my mind. First thing that came into my mind is that's when people go and spend all their money. And especially those who go and spend all their money that they don't have. The day that... Uh, Many American families go into deep debt for the next year or more. We say, well, you know, what has this got to do with Sunday morning? Why are you going to take a Sunday morning or two, really, uh, uh, about this to talk about this thing? Well, you see, I, uh, I grew up in a, uh, where every service was evangelistic. And, and, uh, and that was, you know, that was great, except for the fact that we didn't have too many sinners that wanted to come to that. Well, actually, everybody came as a sinner, but we didn't have too many unsaved people who wanted to come to that. So, you know, we just got them saved again uh, every few weeks and, and rejoiced uh, about that. But uh, we didn't spend a lot of time preparing people to be a follower of Christ. Uh, we told them what to wear and what not to wear. We, we told them what words to avoid and, and what places to avoid and things like that. But, and sometimes we were actually even right about those things. But in terms of how to, how, how, to, how to follow Christ, how to really be a disciple, we didn't necessarily equip them for that. And, and this week and next, we're going to talk about that. Uh, because if I wait till after Thanksgiving, it's too late. Because Black Friday comes before the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So we're going to talk about that. Can you imagine if, if Jesus had come along and, and said to James and John, come and follow me? And they, well, we'd love to. But I got this credit card bill coming in each month that I got to pay money on. Or I've got this debt or I've got that debt that I've got to, that I've got to pay, pay money on. You see, debt is a chain that holds us to the world. And keeps us from obeying the command, come and follow me. And this is a time of year when we have a tendency to just get a little bit crazy. Next week uh, is going to be really special. Mario Gallioni, one of our elders, is going to be, uh, going to be sharing. He's going to be teaching. He's going to be giving you some tools about how to, uh, uh, about, about how to handle it. Some, some, some things that you can, that you can use hands-on, and he's well qualified to do that. He's a very successful businessman, uh, also has taught um, uh, Financial Peace University a, a number of times. But in terms of his cred, as far as I'm concerned, the important thing is he's been there and done that and, and come back. I mean, he's, he's been at places in his life where he had the toys and he had the debt and he had all the stuff and discovered this isn't any way to live. And so, turned it around. Uh, now, before, uh, before I really get into what I want to talk about, I, I want to make one other distinction. I want, to, I want to clear this up. Poverty is not the same thing as debt. 
they are two different things. They, they sometimes tend to go together. Poverty is often forced on people, and debt is often its consort when it, when it comes along. But, uh, but, but just because a person is poor doesn't necessarily mean they're in debt. Some poor people are very smart. And just because a person is poor doesn't necessarily mean they're in debt. In fact, those who are genuinely poor are usually the most faithful, the most generous, the most giving people you can possibly find anywhere. Uh, you running any poor people in Kenya who may have been generous? Yeah, I mean, it was, it's, just, it's just amazing. Uh, debt can be forced. Um, especially in the system that, that we've got. I mean, there may be a few people here with some student loans that they're still paying off, and hopefully you're not in your 40s yet, uh, and, you, and you were able to do that. But I just want to say, say kudos to those who don't feel like they have to go someplace that they're going to go six figures in debt to, to, to get out of college. And you may not even have to go to college. I mean, it depends on what's in your heart and what it is that you want to do. Medical... Uh, medical situations sometimes force down on people, but a lot of it, you know, sometimes we shoot ourselves in the foot. You know, a lot, a lot of debt that we have is voluntary. It's, it's not something that was forced on us. Um, some of you know that before I went into the ministry, I worked for the Social Security Administration. Before that, I, ha I was a square peg in a round hole. Uh, I spent about six months working for a thing called Associates Capital, as a debt collector, an outdoor debt collector. I was not any good at that job. I mean, it was, I didn't like it. They didn't like it. Nobody liked it. Yeah. And the only reason I stayed for six months is because I had to pay off the debt to the uh, employment agency that got me the job uh, that, I, that I spent there. Uh, but here's one thing that I learned. I spent as much time in Brentwood as I did Bordeaux collecting debts from people. And let me tell you where it was harder to collect from. <laughs> it's Brentwood, the places that had the gates and the big dogs uh, was a place that it was harder to collect from. Too much car, too much house, too much fun, too much Black Friday is a problem in a lot of people's lives about this. The pressure's on to top last year. The pressure's on to top the family down the street. The, 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 and the deals are so good. I mean, you know, I really, I, I didn't need this, but when will I ever get a chance to buy this for this price again? Absolutely. What's the best gift you ever got? Uh, and, you know, Christmas, it doesn't have to be Christmas, but, you know, we generally kind of go there. What's the best gift you ever got? Uh, when I was six, I remember what I got for Christmas when I was six. And uh, it was a pair of cowboy boots and spurs. Okay, look. <laughs> Just tap down the jealousy. The, the, the reason why it was the best gift I ever got was because I attributed it to saving my life. I, uh, after I got those cowboy boots and those spurs and put them on and discovered I didn't know how to walk, I, uh, I went out in the front yard and I was about, my dad went out in the front yard and he was shooting fireworks off. And I was about as far probably as, um, I was probably about as far from him as I am from the first couple of rows here. Although as a six-year-old, it seemed like I was about a quarter of a mile away. 
And, uh, and, he, and he shot off a bottle rocket, and that thing came right at me. And, and, and as, I, as I started back, I fell over, and I fell over just in time for that thing to, to, miss, to miss my heart by that much. And if I hadn't worn those boots and those spurs, it would have killed me. And so I've always remembered this as the best gift I ever got at Christmas time. Now, I'm sure, I mean, I know I got a BB gun at some point, and I got a Red Rider and, and tricycle and, and some other things. But I don't really remember specifically getting any of them, except for one thing, and I don't remember what year it was, but it was the year I got the football suit, <clears throat> as I called it, and those football uniform, the football gear. Can you imagine lining up across the line of scrimmage from that? I bet you just want to go home to mama. Yeah. That's about the only thing you can do. I have no idea what I was wearing below my knees, but it looks like boots. Uh, but most people would be hard-pressed to say what they got last year. Or for sure, two years ago. You know, what, what'd you get? And if we can't remember... Then how valuable was it? What makes a gift valuable? I want to talk about that for a second. Uh, first of all, I'm going to give you three things I think it is uh, that, uh, about what makes a gift valuable. Uh, one of them is that it's not. It's not the amount of money that is spent. Not, not at all. Jesus was seeing these people bring their gifts to the temple. Now, this wasn't their tithes, because that wasn't how they did it, but they, they, but they had a box there for gifts. And so people were bringing their offerings. And he saw, he saw rich people bring large amounts of money and put it in, and he saw, he saw a, a poor widow woman bring two small copper coins, and he said, she put in more than they did in the eyes of heaven. And heaven knows how to value a gift. How to evaluate it. And this doesn't mean that the rich shouldn't give. I mean, the, yeah, the, the, the rich should. But it's hard for a rich person to give as much as a poor person. It really is. How many of you know who, who this guy is? Some of you? His name? Yeah, Warren Buffett. It's his name. One of the, one of the richest men in the world. Uh, the, the Oracle of Omaha. Uh, and... And actually, I mean, I have a lot of re regard. I have a lot of respect for this guy. I like his values. I like uh, the way, way he does things, the way he talks. Uh, one of the things that he's done is he has pledged to give away 99% of his, of his wealth rather than leaving it to his estate. And so I thought, wow, that is something, 99%. And then I did some math, uh, and as of last week, that means his estate would only have $844 million left. I don't know what they're going to do when this happens. It's hard for the rich to be able to give, to outgive the poor. Uh, but the value of a gift isn't based on money. Over in Acts chapter 3, 
Peter and John went to pray. They met a lame man on the way. He held out his palm and asked for an alm. And this is what Peter did say. Silver or gold, I don't have. But what I have, I'll give to you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man did. Now, do you think he would rather have had some silver and gold? Or do you think he would rather have been restored to complete health? Which gift do you think would have been better for him? And here's the thing. If Peter and John had had some silver and gold, that's probably what they would have given to him. Rather than the the more valuable gift. The pearl of great price, the the, the treasure hidden in the field. We've gone over some of these parables. uh, Teach us that there's some things that are worth more than, than all of the money that we could possibly have. It would be great for the family to have a bigger screen TV. Wouldn't it? So that they could see better they could more people could see stuff on it yeah or or new car the december to remember for the next seven years every month (laughs) but is it worth having the parents fight all year long over debt is it worth having one of the parents gone a couple of nights a week to Work that second job to pay for what it is that's, that's been bought? Is it worth growing up in a home where parents can't tithe or give because they, they, have, they have so much debt and where the kids learn debt, good, giving, oh, they're just after your money? Where we teach our kids to make dumb choices? Okay, so it's not about the amount of money. It is about the heart of the giver. Yeah. Uh, Ananias and Sapphira over in Acts chapter 5, they gave. They, they, they sold a piece of property, and they took a lot of the money, and they gave it. Uh, but when they did, they said that they had taken all the money, and they'd given it. Now, let me, let me, and you know what happened to them? I mean, you know, they lied to the Holy Spirit, and they, and they, were, and they died. Uh, now, just let me say, if you sell a piece of property and want to give a part of the money to the church, just tell the truth, and I promise you won't die. I, I, I'm, I'll, I'll hug you. But uh, they gave from the wrong motives. They gave to be recognized. They gave to, uh, to be recognized by men. Uh, and they, they gave to be lifted up in the eyes of people. Sometimes we give from the wrong motives. Sometimes we give to show someone else up. Sometimes it's a contest, and that's why we give. I love you more than fill in the blank. And such gifts can often feel more like I hate them more than it feels like I love you more. Would you be giving this gift if the other party were not in the picture? You know? Don't don't be manipulated. Sometimes people give to impress someone. 
Now, I know that giving can be a love language, and for some people, that's their, that's their love language. But sometimes, it's really, kind of, it's really kind of hiding inadequacies. It's really kind of saying, you know what? I, 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 know that, uh, I know that I'm really inadequate, and I know that I'm really nothing special, so I'm giving a big gift, so you'll, you'll think that otherwise of me. And sometimes we, we give to get something in return. You know, if you, I don't know what you'd give to your boss, but if you gave your boss a big gift, be careful. Because Proverbs says that whoever gives, whoever gives gifts to the rich comes to poverty. Proverbs is usually right about stuff. And let me just say one other thing in regard to that. Girls, <laughs> girls in particular, teenage girls, uh, sometimes... The gift that is given is given with the expectation of getting something more important back in return. Don't be deceived. It's not a good exchange. And sometimes we give to impress God. You know, I'm not obedient and I don't do this and I don't do that. But look at this big gift that I brought. And God's not impressed. Because God... This is what he wants. he wants. He wants what's in the heart. Well, one other thing. It's also about the need of the receiver. Have you ever, have you ever been given something you already had? Anybody ever re-gifted <laughs> something that they, that they got? You know, you get a gift, you kind of go, oh, this is wonderful. You give this to goodwill. You know, that's... Kind of, kind of what it is. You may, you, may, uh, you may get a gift that's costly, but it also screams, I don't really know you. I don't really know what you need. I didn't take the time to find out what you want. So I bought you a big thing. So it needs to be kind of, needs to be kind of geared to what people need. Two dozen long stem roses may be a wonderful thing, but not if the person is allergic to roses. A new bicycle may be great, but not if you're giving it to somebody who loves their old bicycle and would rather have a football. How to give a good gift. Now, it's important for us to know this. And the reason it's important for us to know this is because every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there is no shadow of turning, and He's our Father, and He's who we need to, He's who we need to emulate. He knows how to give good gifts. So, uh, quickly, four things about, about giving a, go, a good gift, about being able to. Give the gift of not being stupid. <laughs> Seriously. If you, if you, if you can't afford it, and don't absolutely have to have it. Put, do the math. It's, it's stupid. It just is. As Dave Ramsey says, you will spend a long time paying stupid tax on what you just did there. And that includes not being manipulated. You know, some of you have small children. Some of you are going to have small children someday. Some of you have big children. And... They, you know, there's a tendency. They want everything. They want everything they have ever seen on TV. And you got that big screen TV and they have seen everything on TV. And they want it. They, they want it all. 
And, and they're going to tell you that they want it. More than once. Uh, our oldest daughter, Arwen, has a four-year-old and a three-year-old. And I've mentioned this before, but I, my favorite line that she uses is, the four-year-old doesn't run this house. The three-year-old doesn't make our decisions. You are smarter than them. I hope. <laughs> You're smarter than them. And here's the deal. If you give them everything they want, a half an hour after you've given it to them, it won't matter. If you give them what you should give them, well, a half an hour from now, it still may not matter, but what's the difference? <laughs> the difference is you're not in debt. The difference is you've done the right thing. Secondly, don't give because it's something you want. Remember that big screen TV that the family really needs? Your family doesn't need a bass boat. <laughs> I didn't mention any names, did I? Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes we do that. Sometimes we give because it's, you know, I, I'd really kind of like to live in a home that had one of those. You know, kind of things. And, and, then, and then thirdly, give to and for the person receiving. Don't, don't give to make someone else look bad. Don't give to make yourself look good. <sighs> give because this is something that that person needs or wants. You know? And truly. I mean, they, they're the ones that you've got to have in mind when, when you do that. Because... Um, Give a gift that says, I took the time to know you. I took the time to, to know who you are and, and what you want and what, what would be good for you. Because what you're really saying is you're more valuable than this gift I'm giving to you. And sometimes that's not what our gifts say. That's what, it, that's what this would say. What's the best gift you ever got? Oh, I know. <laughs> you may not have opened it yet, but God loved the world so much that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes on Him will not perish, but have eternal life. I was, I, I was watching uh, something the other day. Uh, well, it, was a, it was a show, it was a program on TV, and uh, the, the King of England was, was getting ready to die. And uh, Winston Churchill's wife was talking to him and going, well, do, you, do you know that he's, he's about to die? And, he, and Churchill said, we're all about to die. Yeah, that's, that's part of being alive. You know? And you've heard this, no one gets out of here alive. Yes, they do. Jesus said they do. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever, whoever believes in me will live. And whoever dies and believes in me will have eternal life. God is a giver. And he has certainly given us what we need because he knows you.
He formed you in the womb. He, every hair on your head is numbered. He, he knows you. And he, and he cares about you. And while the gift may not have cost money, it was far more precious than anything money could buy. You've not been, you've not been redeemed by corruptible things such as silver and gold, but by the precious blood of the Lamb of God. And all He wants in return is to give us more. Give us eternal life. On that day, when my strength is failing, the end draws near, my time has come, I have that gift. It's the only thing that will really matter, that really count. 